Welcome back to Who the Hell's Sport. Today we are talking about Demon Slayer Mugen Train, uh, the record-breaking phenomenon that truly swept the globe. Uh, but before we do that, let's... Well, I was going to say, before we get into what we have been watching, once again, I want to remind everybody to continue supporting marginalized populations in your area and across the country and across the world. Just make sure that you're supporting the people who need it. Uh, and if you donate to a worthwhile cause, send us the receipt and we will review a movie of your choice. With that said, what have you guys been watching lately? Jeff, I don't know if uh, Night Shift at the Power Plant leaves you a lot of time for movies. <laughs> I'll tell that story after we do what we've been okay. watching. Okay. Um, I watched two movies this week. Um, I think you guys all saw one of them. I'm not sure if you guys all saw the other one or not, but I watched Fear Street 1994 and Werewolves mm-hmm. Within, and I really liked one of them. Um, so I'll tell the one I didn't like at first. So Fear Street 1994 I think is an excellent netflix movie and or cw movie um but it did not hit the mark for me personally in terms of what i was looking for from like a horror movie in general i think it might just have been like i was expecting scream and the first 10 minutes basically are the opening of scream um and then after that i think it gets really heavy into the teen drama which isn't necessarily bad it just wasn't specifically for me I know you guys all watched that one, too. What did you think of it? Riley, I think you were pretty high on it, right? I mean, looking at our ratings, I'm not much higher. <laughs> I, I liked the first, you know, the first 10 minutes really drew me in. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was out. I don't know what you want to call him. The, the henchmen started chasing him. And from then on, the I, I, yeah, from then on, I liked it. Because um, yeah. I feel like that's when the gore started to set in. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the tale of two movies for sure. Yeah, and for me, even the gore, while there is one spectacular kill... I really did not think they were going to go for it. I didn't either, and I had kind of... Well, going into this movie, I didn't know what to think, but I had seen things people had said, and as we got to that kill, I was like, oh, okay, yep, they're going to go for it, aren't they? And they did, and it was great. It sucked that that was actually the character I think I liked the most throughout (laughs) the movie, um, and it almost didn't feel super earned, but the gnarliness of the kill was enough to make up for it. But I wish we had gotten more in the rest of the movie. It felt like that was really the only sequence where they committed to it. But it does sound like 1978 is going to really steer into that. Well, it looks like, there. yeah, I mean, at the end of the movie, or not the end of the movie, at the, there's like a... The trailer? I don't know if it's the trailer. No, at some point in the movie, they like flat. They do like oh, a preview that. of like all of them, and there's some little kid. I think from the night it's going to be for the 1978. That's just bashing in, yeah. just this mush of a head. Well, then there's also like after the credits because I kept mm-hmm. the credits rolling. They do just a trailer right. for 1978, right? And that I. I am more on board for that, I think, because I think they really know the aesthetic that they're going for. And it's just early reactions. It sounds like they're all... The the people involved are definitely, like, big fans of 70s horror. And I also think there's a reason they went with 1978 with as the year. Like, obviously, it's a summer camp movie, but 78 is when Halloween came out. Mm-hmm. I think these are people with a pretty high reverence for 70s horror. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's going to be free on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it'll, I'm more akin to like giving it a shot than like if I would have seen this one and then the next one's coming out in theaters. I don't think I would even think about it. 
Um, but something I should also say, like, it, nine, 1994, n- this being a movie on Netflix, being so accessible to people is a net good thing. Like, even though it wasn't necessarily for us, I think this is a great movie to have. I think it's going to be really good for a lot of horror fans, especially kind of younger horror fans who are dipping their toe into some of these things. And then you get that really extreme kill towards the end that just looks great. I think that's how you create new generations of horror fans. Well, and, I mean, it's I mean, it's generally well received. It it's yes. letterbox scores a three point two as an average, so it's pretty good. I mean, people aren't mm-hmm. disliking it. Exactly. I it, I just think it wasn't for me, which is fine. Well, and I think, like we said, it's it's not for us. It is also a movie that does not seem like it was created with us in mind. Like, yeah, clearly it, it is leaning hard into the teen drama romance thing and i think i forget who which one of us said it but it was it basically does feel like a cw show like it feels like riverdale mm-hmm. with like the halloween episode you know what i mean right. like that's what it seems like yeah. like riverdale and they let them go for it right right which again is not a good or a bad thing it just was right. not for me specifically mm-hmm. okay. i also think it it should be praised obviously you don't want to just blindly praise a movie for sake of representation. It needs to be a movie that does something well. I felt like this was a really, really great queer relationship put to screen. And I think that's that's something really good to have in the horror community, especially for a lot of these younger horror fans. Um, it's just, I mean, horror in general is like so tied with like queerness and the LGBT community. And it's, I think that's a really good thing for this movie to have, like, to exist in the genre. Yeah, agreed. Well said. All right. Can Anything I... Anything else? Yeah. Can I talk about the other movie I saw, which is Werewolves mm-hmm. Within? Did either of you guys see that this weekend? We did watch it. Well, I, I just say we... I, I, Caitlin and I watched it. I was not <laughs> including... Ty, I was not speaking for Tyler. <laughs> I did not get to it. So, Ty, I, I really think you would like it and i'm pretty sure Catherine would like it too like i think it's right on the edge of horror mm-hmm. there's a couple of kills or you might be like oh but none of them are like like really excessive i have made her watch worse or yeah it, i think she will I, appreciate I mean, none of them are one. like dark you know what I no, mean? no 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 yeah. right and because it's a horror comedy like everything has a layer of you know what i mean it's not real it's a joke you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. There's no heaviness to any of it at all. I mean, I feel like, and not to discredit him as an actor, I feel like that element is just gone when you cast Sam Richardson in your (laughs) starring role. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Uh, Milan Yuvantru. uh, Are there any little buff boys? (laughs) (laughs) Only at the end. Um, No, so, I mean, what I like about this one, obviously, if you've listened to this podcast at all, I'm a huge horror comedy fan. Um, that's like my niche. I wish there was more of it. And Werewolves Within is like a very specific, like itch to scratch. Um, what I like about it is one, that it is light. Um, but two, I think that it's got like really good elements of like mystery and whodunit. Like it feels like, it feels kind of like a horror knives out or like a less extreme ready or not, which are two things I've talked about on the spot a lot. Um, it is, uh, for rent right now. I think you could probably still catch it in some theaters. I know Screenland was showing it at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they still are or not. Um, they might have moved on because I know they have a lot of stuff coming through right now. Yep. Yep. Um, Which great for them. I love seeing it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend it. I thought it was very funny. Good story. Kept me guessing. So. Awesome. 
Riley, what about you? Uh, I'm assuming right. that's the last thing you had, Jeff. Yep. So, I have quite a list. Um, so, Mission Impossible was our last episode, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So, since then, we saw A Quiet Place Part 2, mm-hmm. Luca, Fast 6, 7, and 8, Fast 9, Back to Fast 1, Skyfall, Remember the Titans, uh, Fear Street 94, Demon Slayer, Werewolves Within, and then Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, the new one, which has, uh, I don't know what you want to say, sprouted an interest, and now we have started the official, or not official, but the full Gundam timeline, or the main timeline. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So we have watched uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin 1, Blue-Eyed Castle, and Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin 2, Artesia's Sorrow. Um, there are... One, two, three, <laughs> Jeff's face. Did you work at all the past two weeks? <laughs> Man, I, we've just been on a roll. There was like a couple days there, like on the weekends, where it was just a couple movies a day. There you go. Um, let's see, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28... There's only 30, so we're gonna knock. The plan is to knock all those out this summer. Again, that's just the main timeline. That's none of the other, you know, one-offs and stuff like that. And it's just the movies. We're not doing the show. Got it. I have to ask from your from your big long list. Uh, the two I'm curious about are uh, Quiet Place Two and Fast Nine. Well, the whiteboard movie. Yeah, what's your, what's uh, your so synopsis Quiet of this Place two? Part two, way better than Jaws. Um, <laughs> my, I have a follow up question. What is the weakness? <laughs> um, the whiteboard does make a comeback. Are you kidding me? I mean, not in like a. I plot refuse point. to watch this movie. I refuse. You were never going to watch. Back, you were never going to watch. Never, it you've right. already committed to the anyway. bit that you are not watching this movie, and it's terrible. So, how well? The, how much of you hating a quiet place has to do with the guy who plays? What's his? Oh, what the fuck's his name? Jim Halpert. Office Jim. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't. How, uh, how much of it is that? It didn't bother me when I first saw it. My opinion of the movie has not changed because of it. I do dislike him more than when I first saw the movie. I thought he was very charming, and then he spoke very highly of the CIA and then did his whole cynical packaging of good news during the pandemic. And so I dislike him a lot now, but I didn't dislike him when I saw the movie. Yeah, so I still had the movie at like a six, but I couldn't. Every time I think about it, I like the movie less because of the whiteboard. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway... Uh, you asked, man. I asked Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I thought it was every bit as good as the first. Um, not, I wouldn't say better, like some people say. Um, or, you know... Um, I think it's right on par. It, it's definitely not... It does not take the sequel step down. Um, That's good. Just because does they go... Does it do you, anything... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll save my question for the end. What? But no, go ahead. I... Uh, does it do the whole thing? Does it maybe have like a message or an allegory where it's like the real monster was man? I don't mm, know. I mean, it seems like I, it I, could be a pretty original thing that movie could do. I, this is just a Jaws bit. <laughs> no, it's just how tired I am of every movie doing the, but the real monster was us all along. Um, I mean, I think 
it's not it's not like this big big you know it's not a big brain it's man all along i think it talks about what what are humans at this point um but it's okay, that's, it, that's it is better. still it is still monster versus man okay i'll take that um i to to touch on the cuz i think Ty, what set you off was Emily Blunt compared this to Jaws or something. I oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. So God, yeah, I, I forgot I, about that whole thing. I think there was some something got lost in translation or something because I think there's a very heavy-handed nod to Jaws in this movie, but in no way is the movie like Jaws. Yeah, and I I can for sure see that. I just it in. 99% of cases, any movie that has ever said, oh, this movie is Jaws in blank, blank Jaws, like this version of Jaws, or this is inspired by Jaws. Bigger Jaws. Every single time, they have gotten it wrong, except for Alien. It is the only one that has done it that has actually been accurate to what Jaws is. I have a take on this. The taglines where it's like Jaws in blank, mm-hmm. especially like post-2000, seem to me like a PR line that they are requiring the actors to say in interviews. It has Mm -hmm. never come across to me as like super organic. And so like, I forgive them a little bit because I doubt that's their real opinion. They're like, Oh, it's, you know, it's like, it's like jobs. Like they're just like, that's like when people are like, is this the new Uber of, Mm-hmm. We share, and you're just like, what the? F- just shut the fuck up with your it's SEO language. It's the dark language. souls of four-player party games. <laughs> it's the Mario Party of orgy arranging. <laughs> the dark souls of Animal Crossing. <laughs> you know, it's just that shit where they're just like, I don't know yeah. what's 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 gonna optimize that search engine. We shit. could do a whole we could do a whole episode just about that. Like we That's saw that this with one about now. as well. <laughs> Uh, no, don't you dare. <laughs> I didn't put my shirt on for nothing. Jeff hijacks. That makes it sound like I record shirts. <laughs> it's not incorrect. Yeah, true. Sometimes, sometimes. Okay, and then, Riley, have you watched anything else? There was another one, Jeff, one, your opinion. Uh, Fast, on. Nine. Fast, Fast 9. Fast 9. Fast 9. Um, well, Fast 9, what I think it's kind of... It's, it's gotten to the point where... Like if you are, are you if you are actually critical of these movies, you're just not you're just not fun. Like, <laughs> no one goes into this movie like, oh well, this is just the story doesn't make sense. Blah blah blah. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> like, people are catching each other with cars and flying through the air. Who cares if it's good? It's fun. Like it's also just, it. It might be a more exciting superhero movie than mainstream M- or mainline MCU stuff now. I definitely don't think they take themselves as seriously. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I think that's better. I, and the Fast I, Nine community isn't out there being like Martin Scorsese. Why don't you like the Fast and Furious? Because <laughs> he does. <laughs> Vin Diesel says, "I'm going to premiere our movie at Cannes." <laughs> He just he just takes it. He doesn't ask to be welcomed. He just does it. Martin Scorsese um, is going to turn out to be like Tyrese's brother or something like that in the next one. <laughs> it's a, it's like a pan down shot to introduce him, and the first thing you see is the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Riley. Chris makes a joke about him not being able to see out of the windshield because of his eyebrows. 
What did you think of the actual movie, though? Uh, some quick hitters. I, I don't like John Cena. Um, didn't like John Cena. I don't feel like he had enough room to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, we are, still... we are a decidedly pro-John Cena podcast. Yeah, no, I like John Cena. He just... I just, yeah, I, I don't think they utilized him. and mm-hmm. um, I'm not trying to be too spoilery. But Hard I mean, to when you can't see the actor you're working with. <laughs> One thing I, I noticed, assume... John Cena, huge face. Just big, ginormous big face. face. Um... <laughs> you should have that be your letterbox review. John <laughs> Cena, huge face. Huge face. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh... Well, I think it, oh no, because they gave that away in the trailer. Uh, Han being back was cool. Um, they kind of teased some more stuff on the way for him. Um, I heard that they that Vin Diesel and The Rock apparently, or Tyrese and The Rock, The Rock and the family patched things up. Oh, they between did. this movie and the next one, so it's rumored that The Rock is coming back for this one for ten. Wait, was he not in this one? No. Oh shit! That's the why fact? they did Hobbs and Shaw because uh, yeah. he had a big fall. They all had a big falling out because Vin Diesel thinks he's bigger than The Rock, and well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so as you can imagine, with Han being back, so is the Tokyo Drift crew. Yeah. Um, Does that come into play? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's that's my biggest qualm with this movie. Is uh, Bow Wow back? Bow Wow is back and looks rough. Oh God! Oh man! Yeah, he's he's looking rough. Um, but no, my biggest thing was th- so they bring back Sean, and, and this isn't a spoiler because <laughs> this is what upsets me. And we last see Sean as like the king of the Tokyo drift circuit. So you're like, they're gonna get Sean. He's gonna him and Han are gonna pull off some insane car shit. You know, super, you know, tuned up drift cars. It's gonna be awesome. No, him, Bow Wow, and the mechanic from Tokyo Drift have become rocketeering hillbillies in Germany. I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. does not touch a car. What? No. Well, <laughs> they do. I, I but to put a rocket on it. They're who create the space car. Right. They uh, create sure, yeah. the space Fiero. When, when you say rocketeering, I, yeah, so, I can only go one direction. It, yeah, that. so I think they just did not utilize him whatsoever. Um, and just, that was my biggest thing. Um, they definitely became more self-aware. Um, made a lot more, you know, meta jokes about the franchise as a whole. That was kind of Tyrese's whole character. So that either lands for you or it doesn't. I liked it. Um it changes the tone of the series when you do that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the, the tone has changed every film, so... <laughs> True. Uh, Charlize Theron, don't like her. Not, don't, no, don't like her. Don't like her haircuts. Uh, <laughs> but just don't <laughs> like her character in general. Yeah. I, she, I don't know. I, uh, I, I found Cardi her very B's in this film. Cardi B's in this and apparently has a bigger role in 10. So let's see where that goes. Um, she just shows up and apparently her and Dom know each other. It's not explained at all. It's a 10 second clip. And I'm like, I'm like, who is that? Who is she supposed to be? 
how do they know each other? Because the whole thing's family, you know. So not, nine movies in, you pretty much know everyone, and any and even any like extras in the background. No, they just like, oh yeah, you know, we used to run together in the Dominican. Like, well, that <laughs> that was <laughs> that was fisted in there, but yeah, I liked it. It's oh middle, of the, it's middle of the road, it's middle of the road. So it's not, it's not upper tier, it's not lower tier. It's 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 all right. Gotcha. Would you equate it with like a, like a fast six or a fast four? Well, so you really liked fast eight, right? I did. Yeah. So I think you will like fast nine. Do you okay. mean fate of the furious? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what fast eight is. <laughs> Are uh, we a podcast that has to call things by their proper name? Yes. As um, you'll see later in, 2000s in the fast, when I make in 2015's Fate of the Furious, if you liked that movie, I think you'll like F9. I think it's about on par with that. Gotcha. But I think what it's missing in compared to that is no uh, Hobbs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't believe they took him out. It's too bad. I, well, I, I don't know how much it was taking him out, and he's like, I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. And the studio ended up giving him his own movie from that. So I think yeah. he made the right call. So I think they'll give him a pretty penny to come back for 10, part yeah, one or two. So. Gotcha. Also, All right. I, I am totally convinced now that part 10, or whatever you want, part, uh, the two-part... Fast 10, your fa- seatbelts. Yeah. <laughs> Fast 10, part one and part two is either going to time travel or do a time skip and basically reset the universe. Interesting. I love it. Because I think I think Vin Diesel if he can't if they're going to say you're too old for these, I think he's going to say well now my son is of racing age and 11. So here we go. Interesting. Anyway, all right. So, I'm going to I'm just going to run through mine real quick. I watched Demon Slayer twice. I watched Jaws and we saw Peter Rabbit 2 in theaters. It was pretty good. I've also been watching a lot of basketball. I uh, still hate Chris Paul and uh started I think you should leave season 2. There you go. The most important I, debut of the summer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even want to be around anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All the shit on me. (laughs) Okay. Let's, I have been waiting for just months at this point, truly for us to talk about this movie on the podcast. Let's get into demon slayer Mugen train before I normally we have Jeff talk about the cultural context of things. Uh, but we'll, we'll save that for, uh, Jeff talking about his, personal context of the movie not being not being as familiar with the series uh but before we do uh rotten tomatoes anything like that the biggest thing to know about this movie is that this was an absolute record-breaking premiere it was the highest earning film worldwide in 2020 uh it is the first non-hollywood or non-american film to top the yearly box office worldwide since the beginning of cinema a century ago the film is now the number two highest-earning anime film ever at the U.S. box office. Uh, it is the highest-grossing movie to ever come out of Japan, beating *Spirited Away*, uh, and had the highest opening weekend globally for the weekend uh, for October 16 to 18, which is when it released in Japan, I believe. Um, and it's just 
it's wild how many records this movie just shattered. Like, this is truly the definition of a global phenomenon. I'm curious, what was number one that this was number two to? Um, sorry, I just closed that tab. Oh, no. Let's see. So, number two, highest earning anime film. I'm thinking it's probably Spirited Away, but I'm kind of curious. Well, now, it, if it beats Spirited Away, or it, was that at the U.S. box office? Is no, that it's, what I it's said? number two at U.S. box office. Okay. For anime film. There's what That's what you read, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let me... And that could have been old. That was from May. Um, but it... Here we go. It does not say what it is behind. Oh, okay. Oh, no. So, it uh, it knocked Pokemon the movie 2000 out of second place. But uh, Pokemon the first movie is still what takes, uh, takes the top spot in the U.S., gotcha. which tracks. But I... That this movie goes punch for punch with the first two Pokemon movies is like that. I think in itself is something to say of how much of a phenomenon this was. Oh yeah. Well, there's no, there's no card training game or video game mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like not yet. There is there is a video game coming. Gotcha. Uh, that covers up through the first two arcs of the show, I believe, two or three arcs. Um, yeah. So this movie, uh. Jeff, I'm going to have you go ahead and give us a plot synopsis. Gotcha. Okay. So there's um, these demon slayers, um, and they are on this uh, this train uh, to Mugen. Mugen? Where is it at? <laughs> so that's just the name of the train. Are you sure? Because uh, I thought the yes, ticket said Tokyo to Mugen. It's, it's Japanese for infinity. So I believe that is just, and that is what it says on the front of the train. Also, you have done enough. I just wanted to see how far you would try and go with it. Well, they uh, slay some pe- demons. <laughs> <laughs> for for people who are unfamiliar, uh, this movie is a direct continuation of season one, which you can find on Netflix. Uh, it is the first, I feel like it's the first true arc that kicks off the rest of the story. Um, having Because I, I watched this and I went and immediately read the rest of the manga from where this movie left off. And I think that it is where it really kicks off because you're starting to go on missions with the Hashira. Uh, but the general gist of it is that uh, Tanjiro, Zenitsu, and Inosuke uh, have joined the Demon Slayer Corps. Uh, and basically, they are just trying to get uh, Nezuko, uh, who is Tanjiro's younger sister, who has been turned into a demon, trying to get her back to a human. Um, and there is this like grand demon, uh, Kibitsuji. Uh, Muzan Kibitsuji, who looks like Michael Jackson, uh, he is like this, he's the top demon. He's like the arch demon. And then he has an organization of the upper moon and the lower moon. Uh, and the lower moon are one of them. Enmu is one of the lower moon. He is lower moon one who, uh, Muzan prior to the events of this movie, uh, Muzan slaughtered all of the other lower moon and left, uh, Enmu as the only lower moon. Akaza, who shows up later, is Upper Moon 3. So he is the third highest demon below Muzan. So really big deal that he shows up. So Lower Moon... Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. I realized I didn't do a synopsis of the movie. Lower Moon 3. There's only one Lower Moon 3. Well, there's only one Lower Moon. So Enmu is Lower Moon 1. 
sorry, I was saying upper or lower, but like upper moon three. There's if you're in the lower moon section, it's like ranked. So there's only mm-hmm, lower right. moon one, lower moon two is only two one divisions. Yes. Got it. And same with upper moon. There is only one of each rank, and there are twelve, I believe. Riley, is it six or twelve? Uh, I think it's, I think it's twelve in total, and okay. it's six and six, I believe. I could be wrong I on that. Could not remember. I'm trying to remember how many show up through the manga. Got it. So there's there's a bunch of moons, and the third moon is a is a big deal. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There are six upper and six lower. Okay. And yeah. And so he's, he is our first upper that you've seen that we've seen at this point. Well. Mm. I think we've seen some others, but he is our first that we've seen. He is the first that we have interacted with. Right. Like, there, there's a brief shot of a lot of the other uppers um, in the movie, and then they're, throughout the series, occasionally, like, you see an image of one of the uppers. Gotcha. And then, so, general synopsis for anybody listening, uh... They board this train to investigate. Well, they are told they're going to an investigation, but it turns out investigation is on the train itself. People keep disappearing. They meet up with the flame Hashira, uh, Rengoku, who prior to the movie, you don't really like that much uh, as an average viewer. Like I would say some people probably do, but when you meet him, he is very against uh, Tenjiro and Nezuko being involved with the core at all. And he does want to uh, put, Tenjiro on trial for carrying a demon around with him. Um, So that's why a lot of his interactions with Tanjiro are huge uh, through the movie. And then they are all put to sleep by Enmu, who his whole focus is dreams and essentially just being a dream eater. And then after a pretty lengthy fight, they're able to kill Enmu. And then Akaza shows up after you think things have settled down. Everyone has been through the ringer except for Rengoku, who's basically untouched. And the last 30 minutes are just a fight between Akaza and Rengoku, and it rips. Jeff, what, Jeff, what were your thoughts on that, that last battle as an, as an outsider? And just, I know you had some other like, thoughts and questions. I a think gaijin. here is where we should Have do you. those. Yes. Yeah. So before we do the fight, I'll kind of do my thoughts on the whole thing. So, I mean, I'm coming in, just people who don't, aren't familiar, I'm coming in with almost zero context for the manga, for the show, for anything that's going on. I looked up a little bit ahead of time, just so I would maybe like know who some of the characters were. And I have seen, I take it back, so I have seen the first two or three episodes of the show. Hey, it used to be one. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I get the general premise. I do think this movie assumes a lot of its watchers, which is okay, right? Mm-hmm. Not everything needs to be starter level, right? Because this is a movie and they kind of expect... I don't think you're totally lost. I think the idea that you're coming in at sort of a bottle episode and there's these good guys and bad guys and they're using some breathing powers to kill demons. Like, I get it. It's all cool. I do think... <laughs> um, I mean, it does make me slightly intrigued on like what the different styles are. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. a, a hallmark of a lot of successful anime fantasy you you know what i mean like young adult things is this idea of like categorization and skills within the skill tree you know what i mean like that kind of thing so i mean i think there's some cool stuff there 
in the just the premise and in some of the stuff that's within this movie, I really like the animation style. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more in the movie than I had so far, like in the show. Um, and I don't know if that's just the budget or just I haven't gotten deep enough in the show to see the deep stuff yet. But I yeah, was really the, impressed. The breathing styles don't really show up until a bit later and they that's when you get a lot of that really good animation but they did dedicate a lot of time and budget to the movie specifically mm-hmm. so it's kind of a combination of both of those factors got it got it yeah i mean i like the the because even the first two demon fights on the train that happen like aren't very long right it's basically two blows but like mm-hmm. the build up to it and then like how to do the shot from multiple angles and like that's just really cool. There's definitely a lot of style in this show for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I can see why people like it for sure. Um, I really liked the demon animation. Um, before I came into the show, I thought all the demons were the pigs. Um, I did not really <laughs> understand what was going on there. Um, so I saw the pig, the pig boy, and I was like, "Well, what's going on here? Um, who's this pig who's, fella? Who's this as pig he fella?" Us. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I liked the final fight. You know, like I said, I think there's lots of style. I did not understand a lot of the fight or whether that was a big bad or whether it was just another mm-hmm. friend of the dream guy. Um, I really liked Inmu. Uh, like yeah. that and like the, the talk, the talking hand with the light foot, like that I thought was like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you watch you watch the uh, sub, correct? Yes. Okay. There was a there was a portion where I turned on the dub because I had to multitask, and I like immediately turned it back because I the dub not, is absolutely insane. I did not like the dub at all. Like it's just was just not for me. It's like clearly better with the sub. Yeah. Inosuke's voice is actively upsetting in the dub. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Simpsons esque. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> It's like that doesn't fit with the rest of it. So yeah, I. Um, but the the main reason I ask is because I really love the voice work on Enmu yeah, in the dub, yeah. or in the sub. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Jeff, did you have any feelings after watching this movie? Of you know, did you feel like you wanted to go back and watch the show more? Um. Y- yes. Um. I don't know where it will land on my watch list. Um. Mm-hmm. But. I could see I could see other fans who have never seen this go and see the movie with their friends and then get into the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think it could be an entry point. And I think that it does enough to give you what's going on in the world that you're not totally lost to the whole movie. I was I mean, I was lost. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can get the gist to like have a good time during the movie. And I, I can see for people it to even for it to even give you that much, being a direct continuation of the story, because so many anime movies are non-canon and kind of separate from the main story but for this to just be a direct continuation of where season one left off and for it to still work for you at all i think is really huge i will say if i didn't know the first two episodes of the show with why uh hold nezuko thank you Mm -hmm. why nezuko was a demon and why she, like, was a demon, but, like, not a totally bad demon, and why she was in a box, that would have bothered me, I think, the whole movie. So, like, I think I think if you had no context of the show, I think you would probably spend a lot of time being like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and I still... Why is he keeping this girl in a box? Yeah, I still did, but you know what I mean? Like, that, that helped. So, mm-hmm. going in completely blind, whether or not you would be fully invested and want to go back, 
Um, or, I take that back, I think you would want to go back, but whether or not the movie would make as much sense as a self-contained thing, I think the answer would be no. Okay. Gotcha. Let's go ahead and let's get into, and now, did you have any other questions, Jeff? I know there were a couple you mentioned, because I do want to get into our categories and our segments. Um, I think I had one, but it's fairly minor. There was one character question you had that you said you wanted to save for the pod. Yeah, um... Inusuke has a pig head. Um, why? Uh, so he was raised by boars. That is the hide of the mountain god he wears upon his head. Uh, and that is hide the mountain god. That is his boar mother who, once she died, uh, he skinned her and wears the head. He wears also his dead very... mother's head on his face. Yes, he was a ra- it's a raised by wolves situation. That's it's not his real mother. Isn't he also embarrassed well, of how good looking he is? Under yes. The mask? Oh yeah, they never take. I forgot they never take the boar mask off. Uh, the whole bit is that Inosuke is handsome as hell. Okay. And he thinks it no, doesn't not, make him a good fighter. Or, yeah. Well, he he, he looks he's, feminine. He's almost feminine yeah, to a point he, of his he is beauty. Pretty. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I kind of want to go back to it's his mother. I know it's not his biological mother, but it's the mother who raised him. Oh, that's, I mean, boar society is different, man. Yeah. Brush up on your boar culture, bro. And just to, just to confirm, it's his mother who raised him. Now, I could be wrong, and but she I, died, I believe And he cut off her head and he wears it around. To honor the god of the mountain. Yes. Okay. Just to, just, I'm glad I got that. Uh, I feel like any other question I have pales in comparison to that. So, <laughs> I, oh, I am glad you kept that one for the sh- for the episode. I do have one more question. It's not as funny. Um, Tenjiro has that mark on his face just because. Did something happen? Does it signify something? Something happened. Um, so in his in his Demon Slayer entrance exam, he was because as he starts the series, it is a burn. Uh, just a general burn that does not look the way it does. And Tanjiro, while fighting a demon for his entrance exam, it shifts and turns into the mark. Okay. And there is a lot of context with that mark that will come up later. Okay. Like, it, it hasn't been addressed in any of the anime yet. Got it. Okay. Because that's what I, cause I remembered it being smaller, and then in the movie mm. it's bigger. Okay. Um, let me see. The... Okay, last one. Okay, who's the Demon Slayer leader that's got the burn on, like, all of his face? Um, more context is given to him as the series goes on. Essentially, his family has always been in charge of the Demon Slayer Corps. Okay. And he has that burn on his face from a fight or is he uh, blind disease. okay it is disease and he is blind okay okay it basically it's a degenerative disease that affects everyone in his family got it okay. and so they have very short lifespans okay i think i'm caught up on kind of who everybody is yeah all right so with that let's uh at 45 minutes in let's get into what we liked about this movie <laughs> this episode's gonna be a disaster you guys go ahead Ty, start us off. 
Okay, I was going to say, I, I was going to let you run with it. For me, a lot of what this movie does is, honestly, through the seri- through season one, uh, Inosuke and Zenitsu are, especially Zenitsu, if you go back to our anime episode where we talk about most disliked characters, uh, Zenitsu and Inosuke are really not super fun characters to watch. Like, they're pretty annoying and kind of grating. Uh, and I feel like this movie did a lot for both of their characters, especially Inosuke, mm-hmm. uh, who, like, and I mean, it's just good character development, uh, but it it really, really did a lot for both of their kind of general perception and context within the series. I I truly love a lot of what we get from Inosuke through this movie. Uh, he... Sorry, I keep having tiny, quiet burps that I have to turn away from the mic for. Um, <laughs> uh, Inosuke, he, this is when he really starts to show, like, while he does want to be the leader, he wants to be in control. In this movie is where he starts to show kind of care for uh, Tenjiro and Zenitsu, um, especially Tenjiro. You don't see much of that, and this is, this is kind of the first glimpse of it, especially, like, you know, when he is worried about Tanjiro having been stabbed mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and you know, like the, the knowledge to hop in there and intervene when Tanjiro is about to kill himself in real life when he thinks he's still in the dream. So a lot of really good character work for, uh, Inosuke. Um, something I liked, I mean, it's hard to just be like, you know, Mm -hmm. this part was cool. This part was cool. Um, I'm just trying to think of a, a more broad thing. Um, one th- a thing I liked about this movie, which is exists only pretty much in this movie on its own, is the relationship between Rengoku and Tenjiro. Yes. Um, because it, it, it almost gives off like a Luke and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. type vibe to it like you you get this mentor and like everything seems good and then he's taken away or he gives his life to protect everyone um i now i'm at a disadvantage because i have not read the manga so i mm-hmm. don't i have no idea where this is going to go um i will just say not and this is i i am not going to be the guy who does any of that or spoils anything but the the tanjiro rengoku relationship there's an impact through the rest of the series. Sure. sure. And it's it's very purposeful and very good. Um I you touched you you know you're talking about character development. I kind of like how the movie leaves us um with our main well I guess it's a quartet not a trio, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say a trio of our demon slayers. Um just from where they started, you know, it, it almost feels like you know, they were like these little kids getting on the train. Um, and by the time they get off, they're like, holy shit, we're in this now. Um, like, we're fully fledged on our way to become Hashiras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Tenjiro more than the other two. But, you know, it, it's definitely a big step in the journey for the group. Yeah. And I like, I think it really does a great job of setting everybody up. For that, especially, you know, it the Tanjiro Rengoku relationship is the focus, but 
there is, you know, Rengoku wants to train all of them, and he is willing to take them all under his wing as um, as his protege mm-hmm. and work with all of them. And I, I think that kind of coupled with everything else, the the character that they build for Rengoku throughout just the interactions in a single movie is really incredible. I, I think he's a really strong character, and he absolutely wins you over by the end of things. Something else um, I kind of wanted to touch on um, when we were talking about the Tanjiro-Rengoku relationship, he dies and sees his mother uh, when he smiles and with the blood coming down the mm-hmm. side of his face, they they draw him like Tanjiro. Right. Uh, with the blood making the mark and him having the same smile. I think that's a very purposeful to show how similar these two characters are. Right. I think something else I want to touch on, and we, I mean, we could talk about like little things we liked here and there, but something else I want to touch on before we move on is that uh, Tanjiro, it's a big thing in shonen anime, and uh, shonen, that's, Jeff, that's always like the YA type anime, uh, Dragon Ball Z, et cetera, et cetera, My Hero, all these things, all pretty much the same type of anime um, that is the hero's journey. And they, they always try to emphasize like, the quality or the pure of heart, uh, anything like that of the hero, I think they're more effective than most in this series or in this movie specifically because uh, you have the scene with Tanjiro's like soul mm-hmm. uh, that the, the kid is going to go and destroy so that he's trapped in the dream forever and all of the little like sprites lead him to it uh, just very willingly and it like that does a great job and then Tanjiro... Uh, his whole thought process after he gets stabbed is I can't die. That would make him a murderer. I think that's a really, really great demonstration of where his mindset is at and how truly like pure of heart and good natured uh, Tanjiro is, which is that's his biggest selling point as a protagonist throughout the series. Um, one thing I want to touch on because we kind of need to keep it moving. Um, since we spent the first 45 minutes talking about everything else, um, this movie's funny as, yeah. as dark as oh it my is God. there are some really just funny bits in this movie um, I mean you have you know yeah, we haven't talked about any of that at all yeah you have you know you you know we were we were just talking about Tenjiro's dream world spirit essence you know <laughs> well then we get to the other two of Zenitsu and Inosuke <laughs> And those gays fucking follow me minions. Expedition team (laughs) going to kill the Lord of the Cavern or the Lord (laughs) of the Land, which is the train with with centipede legs. And then Zenitsu just being shown to be absolutely insane when it comes to his subconscious. (laughs) Which I don't know if it was direct uh, when um, the uh, artist, author, uh, when she wrote the created the series when she wrote Demon Slayer. I don't know if it was purposefully a Big Lebowski reference uh, with Zenitsu's subconscious, but it definitely tracks that way when he pulls the shears out in the pure darkness. <laughs> like, it it feels directly pulled from the Nihilist uh, dream sequence in Big Lebowski. Yeah, I caught that too. I wasn't sure if that was on purpose or not. And then also, uh, like, Rengoku's introduction uh, of just 
screaming delicious yeah screaming delicious and eating every box that the train has to offer and the fact like he's doing it at a volume that scares the hell out of tanjiro and the rest of the group shakes the train yeah Yeah. (laughs) well then you have like yeah then you have inosuke's full battle or full rivalry with the train itself Like, like I have to jump out of this train and race it. <laughs> I have to win. I can beat it. Like, and Zenitsu just like desperately trying to keep him inside. Um, that was okay. So that was one more thing I wanted to give Jeff context on. Um, speaking of Zenitsu, so the whole thing with him is that he is a coward and he's not really a good swordsman or a good fighter or really anything worthwhile at all. But essentially, he will pass out due to panic. And uh, when he is unconscious, he will become, like, the true swordsman that he actually is. And I don't think they ever, thinking back to the manga, I don't remember if they ever actually explain why that is. I might have to reread the manga now. Uh, But, yeah, so that's just a thing that happens. And that's when he uses the thunder breathing uh, and, you know, can move at the speed of sound and do his thunder clap and flash. Well, like, he essentially becomes one of the strongest characters in the show. Interesting. Well, to this point, when he mm-hmm. is passed out. Interesting. And the the introduction of that concept in the series is a very cool scene. Because, like, the whole time, you're like, this guy stinks. Like, he, he brings a, nothing to the table, and then he passes out. He's just a horny loser. The, he's just a horny loser. <laughs> there to be relatable for the audience. Um, <laughs> but he passes out and then has his big, like, essentially like his coming out party with that scene and it rules. So they, they definitely go to that a lot in some of these bigger action sequences, but that's also part of why I think he kind of got sidelined for a through a lot of the movie. Got it. I'm trying to think of anything else. I feel like this movie did particularly well outside the animation, the character work. Um, I mean, really bringing you in with the concept of the breathing and the just that final fight scene is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. I I will say, like, I cried multiple times throughout this movie the first time that I saw it. Uh, one, when you are shown Tanjiro's subconscious and his little sprites take the, take the guy directly to the core, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I welled up a little bit. And then when you get the, when you get Rengoku's death scene, I was, like, trying yeah, not to tough. just violently sob in the theater. Which is just I, just more credit given to, you know, the creators of this movie that we can take a character we essentially know nothing about going into this movie as a well. And as the an only animal. interaction we've had with him is negative. Right. So prior you take to him the movie. from Well, I mean, he's maybe in two episodes at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. well, a handful of episodes at the end of season one. Um uh, yeah. as a you know, antagonist almost. You know, he's very against everything that's happening to our main character. Um, and within two hours, like you said, you're sitting there welling up because you care so much about this character and his motivations and his, you know, his spirit and what drives him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think to sum it up, this is a, this is a good entry point for people just to tell them if they're going to like when it's at its best. So with that, we can kind of move into the things we didn't like about this movie or things that didn't quite work. Jeff, do you have anything? 
I was going to say, I don't have a ton. So Jeff, I'd, I'd like to hear what you've got. Hmm. You know, it's difficult to pick things that aren't, I was confused by this because I didn't see the TV show. You know what I mean? Those aren't things that the movie did wrong. Um, I think, and again, I, I mean, I think you kind of hit on it. Like the two characters that are a little bit annoying, um, like are kind of that way on purpose. Right. And it's mm-hmm. and Zenitsu. Um, and I definitely found them to be grating as well, but again, I don't have any kind of connection to them that you would if you'd kind of seen season one. So, I mean, I think there are parts of this movie that I was just like, I'm kind of just like waiting to get through until they kind of get back to the fight scenes. Um, but there's no real, there's no real lows to this movie, right? Mm. There's just highs and then kind of waiting for an additional high to come back. So I don't have any major qualms or things that I wish they would have done differently, um, I mean, the, the dub's really bad, but that's kind of par for the course, so. Yeah, um, there are some good dubs out there, but, you know, not all of them. Yeah. Yep. I'm actually finding with Gundam that I have to watch the dub. Um, Interesting. Because the sub puts me to sleep because I have to read, and we watch yeah. it late at night, so I'm just out. <laughs> <laughs> It does, so, you know, it's a different, we don't really talk about that. It's a different kind of watching when you watch anime or something in a different language. It's not bad, but it's just a very, it's a very kind of active watching. So I feel right. like... Be more, I mean, kind of like, as you said, Jeff, you have to be more invested in it. Sometimes it can help immersion, but you also have to, you know, you have to make an effort that I'm going to not look away from this movie and just like kind of keep track with what I'm hearing. Like, you do need to stay engaged with it. Right, which mm-hmm. I think is is both a credit and a detriment to the form. Not not a detriment. Detriment's the wrong way to say it. But it's you can't consume it, like you said, the same way that you would something else. I can watch I Think You Should Leave, which is a different... I should pick a different medium. Um, what's a good... I can watch Loki, right? Mm-hmm. I can watch Loki, and if I'm not paying attention, like, I don't really lose that much. If you something big... Absorb. Yeah, if something big happened, I can go back to it. But, like, you know, with something in a different language or something like anime, you, you do have to pay attention or you're going to miss it. And you may not even realize that you've missed it. And that's, I think, the harder thing. Because um, mm-hmm. my attention span isn't always great. So, um, you do have to be more invested in the form. But I think when you are more invested and it rewards it, there's a deeper connection to it. You know what I mean? Than yeah. something that you, you were not. I feel that way about um, Akira. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just For like, sure. For those two hours, I'm just in, and that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'm watching. And it's a fully immersive, or, um, you know what I mean, Evangelion is kind of the same way. So, Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sorry, I <laughs> Jonesy walked across my, uh, my desk and kicked my phone clear across the room. Uh, Pick it up, bitch. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anyway... I'm with you on that. Um, something I do think that this movie kind of struggles with is the 2D animation is so unbelievably good, and it makes the switch to 3D in a couple of scenes. It makes it very jarring, and it doesn't. It just doesn't mesh well with the rest. Pretty of it. much anything involving the train, or you yes. know, anytime we see the train on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or well, or the, the you know the the creepy crawlies. Yeah, when Enmu starts to, like, worm out in the train, it, it really kind of starts to struggle there. 
So, unless Riley, do you have anything else? Because I really not, do not. It's have not much. really something this movie. I mean, it did not include one of the best anime songs to date. True. In the movie, so no Garenge. So that I mean, minus points there. It did have some good ones, but none of them were Garenge. Which it's is still tough. yeah. It's I mean, it still included like I don't know what. I don't know what it's called. I never found the translation, but uh, Tanjiro's, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what song you want to call it. Basically when he is the, yeah, yeah. That, the that's... big like piece of score that it comes back right, to. Right. Cause they also reuse that for Rengoku. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of the big parts. And they, there's, there's the extended version and then there's, kind of a shortened version that I believe is used for Rengoku. And both of those are on Spotify. Um, and then there is another song from, I believe, Lisa, who did Garenge. Mm-hmm. She has another song for the credits. Yeah, for the yeah end credits there. And it, and it is also very good. But yeah, the, the lack of Garenge is notable. All right. With that, you guys want to, uh, you want to move into our standout scenes? Let's do it. All right, who wants to go first? I, I say let's let Jeff go first. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really like the creepy little hand um, <laughs> telling the children to go in and oh. kill their spirit thing. Spirit orb? Spirit core? Mr. Hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I that's... <can't> open it. <laughs> I... I managed to not make that connection until now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's a great scene, um, and it, it doesn't seem like it's that momentous, but it's just like it's so creepy and weird. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it, Enmu skeeves you out in this movie. And I think you know, in a lot of the the anime, especially movies that I've seen, they're like very clearly One Direction, right? They're either like um, they're really like, you know, like Akira, where it's like very adult, like very specific, you know, or in spirited mm-hmm. away that's like very whimsical. And this felt like very in the middle where I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird. And it's both like adult and evil and whimsical. And so I think that's why it stuck with me so much. It's like I, that, I really dug that aspect of it. I think that's something they do really well throughout the series. There's a lot of that throughout all of this especially a lot of those weird fantasy elements they really steer into the like fantastical whimsical side of things because i mean even akaza when he shows up you know akaza's whole thing is like hey rengoku you'd make a pretty good demon you're gonna die and then all of this is gonna go to waste but we could be buddies like that whole like akaza just like having a good time with all of that is a very interesting. Uh, well, and Akaza, I think it kind of plays out that same thing. Akaza essentially is just Goku, but if Goku were a demon. Yeah, Hundo P. Riley, what about you? Oh, is it standout? Yeah, standout. Um, well, so I'm going to draw from the our Akaza-Rengoku fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to take the whole thing because that's a third of 30 the 30 minutes? Yeah. Um, I am going to say the last part of the fight, um, basically for lack of a better term, when Rengoku is pretty much beaten, Mm -hmm. um, and then goes super Saiyan more or less, 
Yes. Um, his fighter's When he hits the ninth aura form. Or whatever, yeah. Um, even Akaza's like, I've never seen a, you know, a spirit like this. Um, he is truly great, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they go for the full, you know, it's, this is the final blow for both of them. Um, that, that's my standout. Mm -hmm. I, I really love that scene because one, so I believe Rengoku is actually Japanese for purgatory. If I remember, I feel like I read that somewhere. I would have to double check on that. So combine that and then him the ninth the ninth form of flame breathing is just rengoku which is rad as hell considering they yeah. all have like other like Tiger, you know very uh -huh. detailed names and it's just like his final move and final stance is just rengoku which is so rad and then even the i'll just go ahead and say yeah i'm, I'm going with this too riley i'll i'll mention another one um but this is really really great in the sense that um just like Rengoku, they they make you think that he might give in and that he might take Akaza's deal to become a demon. And it doesn't feel forced uh, when he doesn't do it. Uh, but the the question is in the air and it hangs there the entire time until Rengoku finally dies. Like, you don't know if he's going to take the deal. Even with, you know, when Akaza gets his hand all the way through his stomach and then he really commits to it. That's That's my favorite part of that scene is Rengoku's, like, true, like, final death when he just, like, grapples him and locks on, locks mm -hmm. in with him, and he's like, I'm not letting you go. The sun's coming up, and refuses to let him get out and really commits to, you know, the character that they had described him as this entire time, and they show, like, you know, up till the end, he holds true to that, and I really love that with Rengoku. And then another... uh Another brief standout is when Tanjiro kills Enmu's body the first time when he is uh, being put to sleep and continually waking himself up. Oh, I yeah. I think that's really, really phenomenal. Yeah, that bangs. Uh, the animation is done so smoothly on that um, where he, you know, he is falling asleep and waking himself back up and the way his body kind of ragdolls for a second is really, really great. Well, it's almost, yeah, because it, I mean, it's almost like a drunken master mm -hmm, style. Exactly. Yeah. And to translate that so cleanly to animation is yeah. fantastic. So let's go ahead and move into our letdown scenes. And Jeff, I'll let you go ahead on this one as well. I don't I don't know that I super have one. Um, maybe uh, Zenitsu's like regular dream where they're just, like, running through the field. But that seems, like, pretty nitpicky. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. what the fuck's going on here? But it's not really that bad of a scene. It just, you know, it was just what was going on in his subconscious. He's a mm -hmm. simp. Also, He's our simp king. Yeah, yeah, Zenitsu, simp king. Yeah. Uh, it it really works contextually because he's just obsessed with Nezuko the entire time. Got it. Uh, out in the rest of the series. Got it. Uh, for me, my letdown is, uh, is going to be... Uh, Tanjiro's dream where I mean it's it works because Tanjiro recognizes that's not how his family is uh, when they say uh, <laughs> when his mom tells him that it should have been you who died but the reason it doesn't work for me is because it just makes me think <laughs> of um, <laughs> uh, walk hard <laughs> wrong son died <laughs> that's all I can think of in that scene and um and then that kind of leads directly into the first appearance of some of the rougher CG. So that's kind of where that 
drags a little bit for me. Yeah, I, I can agree with that because I, I can't think of much else um, outside of your guys' too. So, you know, I go with either one for me. Yeah. All right. Our uh, Gleason, Dr. Jeremy Gleason Domnall Award for the uh, character who did the most with the least or that we wanted the one more of in this movie. Oh, I, for, I forgot to include close-up magic in the award Oh, I thought that, that well. was the all-caps Gleason. Well, it was, but I also okay. need to specify that it's also the Gleason close-up so it, magic our, Dr. Jeremy Gleason Award. Yeah, it's our Domnall Gleason MD. Yeah, award. there we go. Um, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know who I would want in this one more. Maybe Innocent? It's especially... Okay. I was going to say, it's especially tough just being a continuation of the series. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Um, I, Tell me more. <laughs> I just want to know what's going on with that boar head, man. <laughs> I need a spinoff. Take, take it off, bro. <laughs> uh, I think mine's going to be a tie. One, my first one, I'll say Zenitsu, because I want... And this is an overarching from season one to the movie. Mm-hmm. I want. I know to where see you're going. His, yeah, I want to see his form more. Yeah, um, I want to see him harness that. Um, two, this one's more specifically for this movie. Um, oh my god, why am I? Bl- I'm blanking on her name. Nezuko. Nezuko. Yeah, um, she's a badass bitch. So I don't know. I I think we needed to see more of her slicing and dicing. Uh, oh man yes i agree he's trying not to say, ruin it we we get some really rad nezuko stuff in the very next arc gotcha well um without in, in the scope of this movie mm-hmm. nezuko would be my pick yes and i i think there definitely could have been more done with nezuko um i almost want to say akaza here just because i I really loved Akaza's relationship and interactions with Rengoku, but also I think it works so well because it's so fleeting. Um, so I, I'm going to say I just give me more Rengoku in general. Yeah. So I because I was I was thinking Akaza, um, to make I mean, but you would almost have to make it his own movie. Yes. If you were going to make him the overarching villain, now I think it could be done in a very cool way where you have our main group try to fight him, you know, obviously get their shit handed to them, um, and then and then proceed into the Rengoku versus Akaza fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would have to be a completely different movie. Yeah, it, it would structurally change it completely. And I don't know, like, I think it did a great job of showing Akaza's strength by showing how well he compared to Rengoku because we got so much good stuff from Rengoku through the rest of the movie. But I I would have loved to really have them emphasize just how strong Akaza is. So let's go ahead and move into our... Let's go with our draft for the night. Uh, and that is just going to be a straight-up character draft. And I will do our random number generator. You don't get a you don't get first pick this time, Jeff. Let's go between one and fifty. 
Uh, you know what? We're going to go 1 and 205 because that's how many chapters there are of Demon Slayer. Uh, so give me a number between 1 and 205. I am taking 203. 137. 42. It is 200, boys. Rigged. I wish I could show you. Rigged. You have to take my word for it. Uh, but right out the gate, I am taking. Uh, I am taking Rengoku. What are we? What are we drafting? That, like, what is the basis of this draft? Like, ooh, ooh. I was just thinking, like, who's rad? Not oh, who. Okay. You know who's bad? But it could be who's rad. <laughs> okay, or so who? Just who we fight? like? Fight. So we're should fighting be, our roster at the end. Fight our roster. Okay. Is, is it? Should we go who we like or fighting our roster? I say, yeah, build a team. Build a team. Okay, yeah, stick it with her and go. Is there a budget for the team? (laughs) (laughs) We are all in cap hell. Uh, Pick number two, Akaza. Uh, And we'll snake it, so we'll come back around after this. It's only fair. Okay. Well, then I'm going to do Inmu and uh, Inosuke. Okay. Okay, back to me. Yes. Tanjiro. Yeah, okay. Uh, so and I've got Rengoku. So I, I am going to go. Um, I'm going to go Nezuko. Okay, so I've got Rengoku and Nezuko. Who, who's left? Zenitsu well, I'm, and I'm, Zenitsu and um, let's see. I mean, we—that's it. In terms of uh, the crow, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no! You could take uh, you could take Kagaya, the uh, the leader of the the uh, yeah, old yeah, dead face guy. Could. He doesn't do a well, lot. Well, I mean, okay. Well, but we you also... can take uh, anybody from the dream sequences as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say we can't take the other Hashiras that are shown for a half a beat. I know. So it, it was um, tempting. Well, I'm going to take Zenitsu on the off chance that he passes out. All right, Jeff. You got the crow or the leader? With the, <laughs> the crow, the leader, uh, Rengoku's sad dad, or Rengro- Rengoku's hopeful or little brother. Or one of the first two demons. Ooh. Oh. I don't believe they're named. Uh, or one of the sickly children. <laughs> <laughs> Little little buff tuberculosis boy. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh, the demon that's like a spider with all the oh, pointy yeah, elbows cool. and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. All right. I'm trying to think. So I've got Rengoku, Nezuko, and I forget my third. Who was it? Rengoku, uh, Nezuko. Did I take a third? Yeah, I yeah, thought Nezuko. so. No, he was the take. But oh. I know. Did we not snake back? I don't know if you snuck. If you. Oh my god! I only have two. <laughs> so all right. Well, yeah. Uh, so you can take Zenitsu or. No, you got Zenitsu. I'll take the crow. Rengoku, <laughs> Nezuko, and the crow. I have, Akaza, Tanjiro, and Zenitsu. I think Riley takes this one. Well. One, Jeff, your my fighter literally killed your best fighter. So, <laughs> um, I you probably do have started with Akasa. <laughs> you do have an advantage because Tanjiro will not kill Nezuko. Mm-hmm. 
or actually two of my roster will not kill Nezuko. They'll refuse. So, I mean, I, I guess they'd kill the crow. Of course, and all of the crow can fly off and get the rest of the Hashira. That's a support fighter. True, but, okay, so the problem oh, with God, Tanjiro... You can get the rest of the upper moon. The problem with Tanjiro, though, is he's not he's useless against anybody that doesn't deserve to die. So he's only going to be able to take out the people on Jeff's team. Uh, you know what? That works for me. And then Zenitsu... I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that. I don't know. I, he, he's a hail mary. <laughs> if he pays off, he pays uh, off. You know what? No, I am gonna swing this. Um, if this was a, uh, you know, a three v three v three cage match, Zenitsu would absolutely freak out and pass out from fear. Oh, you're right. He would not be able to handle that terror of be of all those people trying to attack him. So he would boom out. And also, I I think we gotta think about who uh, who Enmu could get to sleep. I feel like Akaza is the only one he couldn't see. Put down. I think yeah. I think the problem here with this draft is Akaza pretty much is wiping the floor with everyone. Yeah. At this point. That that makes sense. Perhaps we shouldn't have done a fight <laughs> after just cool. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap up with the ratings and get out of here because this episode has been so long. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Jeff, go ahead. Um, I liked it. Um, I think you know if I had seen the whole show beforehand, maybe my rating was a little bit different. Um, but I do think it's pretty solid. I'm coming in at a seven. All right. Uh, I'm at a ten. No notes. Same. Absolutely. Hard 10 for me. Well, thank you guys for listening as we, uh, we kind of break from our usual routine and, uh, we didn't talk about any other movies you should watch. I just thought about that with the way we did our draft. Well, we spent a lot of time on what, on elaborating on what we've been watching. Just watch those. If you haven't seen them, they have nothing to do with this movie, but go watch them. They're great. Or, you know what you should watch? Season 1 of Demon Slayer. I hope everybody hearing this, including the co-hosts of our podcast, takes that to heart and goes to watch it. Anyway, this has been another episode. Thank you all for listening.